Welcome to another episode of the Classic Car Corner Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Our guests this evening are repeat guests who are customized Land Rover restoration experts and have built for themselves a reputation for being the go-to builders for these high-end defenders. But first, Eric has a word from our sponsor. Jason, I have cars. You have a lot of cars. And there's one place that we trust taking our cars to, and that is Springdale Automotive. And today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive. They're the next generation in car care. They're locally owned, professionally operated, and whatever you drive, they service from domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. For convenient neighborhood locations, how may Springdale be a service? And I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart. And Eric Benzel. John, unfortunately, can't be here tonight, but we welcome back Elliot Humble and Scott Wallace. And guys, it is so great to have you guys back here. Uh, we know Tom is in the UK right now, and there's obviously a time difference, but uh, we certainly welcome you, welcome you guys back to the show. And so we want to just begin what's been happening since our last talk with you all. Think of it. I think it feels like everything's been happening. Um, <laughs> well, and that's a good thing. I think. Uh, I think we realised that <clears throat> probably about the last time we spoke to you guys, we realised that the the world wasn't recovering from the pandemic as quickly as we needed it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we genuinely saw that as an opportunity. And I think um, I think it'd be fair to say we were we were pretty terrified of some of the things, the decisions we made we were going to do, but we knew they were the right time to do it. So. Um, we sent Tom packing back to the UK for a year. Okay. Um, so Tom went back. To, Tom went back to the UK to open the logistics um, and business for us because we just found that shipping prices gone through the roof. Right. Um, right. That was been that was that was been exploited in terms of you know putting the premium up on a container but not not using the capacity of the container and then selling it at a premium to other people. Um, so that left a sour taste in our mouth. We. Um, saw steel prices were going going through the roof and the shortage of steel, so that forced us to um, expedite the uh, the decision to move to our new facility in Kissimmee. I see. Um, okay. So, so, so they're, they're the two big deals. We sent Tom back to the UK to open the logistics centre. So now we are, we source over and base vehicles. We can control quality, time, price, shipping. We can control all of that um, better than we've ever done. I got um, you. Okay. And in, and then in terms of the U.S. expansion, we, you know, we made a decision that there was a plot of land where we could get on an automotive um, license to operate there, and it was within a mile of our existing facility, so it was just too good an opportunity to well, miss sure. so we could retain all the guys that work for us. Right. Outstanding. Um, and it had a concrete pad down, but, but it didn't really fit what we needed, so Elliot and Tom and I just sat down and mapped out if we could make it work for us. And, and I think we've done a really good job of that. I think... Um, you know, so the, the, the shell was built up last year, so the building's now finished. And then the first week of this year, we started the fit-out inside, and we will finish that fit-out at the end of March, and we move the first phase of the business in on the 11th of April. Well, very good. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So so yeah. now there's there's th- – help, help me out here. There's three operations uh, that you have now, two in Florida and the one in UK, right? Yeah, the one in Florida, though, we, we'll be winding that one down and moving it to the bigger location. And, okay, we're gotcha. Going to go a, okay, yeah, gotcha. we're going from a, we're going from a thirty thousand square foot facility to a hundred thousand square foot facility. So we're going to triple the size of the production facility. Oh, that's awesome, guys! So, Congratulations. Yeah. So the aim is by uh, twenty twenty five, we should be able to produce about hundred 
custom, still custom one of one that produce a volume of a hundred a year, hopefully. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And now I was just going to say, it gives us a space to open up the first motoring club, doesn't it? Which is the yeah. one of the, the longer term sort of goals as well. I see. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And again, how and, then, does... and then obviously, with this, obviously to feed that new facility, we needed sort of a, you know a solid foundation for parts and for the base vehicles, and that was one of the other reasons that UK had to open because we just didn't really trust anybody apart from ourselves to be able to feed that business from a from a parts perspective. I see. So, I got um, you. You know, Tom Tom has been operating that well. I say Tom's up, Tom went back to set it up, but really it sits underneath Elliot. It's Elliot's department within the parts team. So Elliot's kind of my you know. The, directing in terms of what we need to source and purchase and then get shipped here. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into some numbers of what we're shipping, Elliot, and kind of things we're moving now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a full family operation, just just as we've set up with ETD in the US. It's, we've done the same thing with it in the UK as well. So it's two of my, my cousins, um, <laughs> my stepbrother, um, that are all working there. Um, so we're, we're moving probably about six base vehicles a month out of the UK, That's all fantastic. of our roll cages come. Yeah, all of our roll cages come through there. All of our big parts, like replacement roofs, tubs, um, all that sort of stuff, firewalls, all come through the UK operation. So we're, we're pretty much sending a, a completely rammed full container um, at least once or twice a month, plus an additional five trucks going row row. Uh, so gotcha. it's pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I, think by, I think by February we've moved nearly a million dollars worth of inventory from. UK to the US. Wow. Um, you know, it's already a big operation for us, but it, it actually is much easier to control when we're doing it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. That's it. Having having family there makes it even even more easy because we we can trust like Tom Tom's getting the guys over there trained up on on what to buy, how what to look for, what to inspect. Yeah. Um, so we know that we've got good eyes on the ground, and we can we can make sure the trucks are right before we even get them to our facility in the UK. And if they're not right when they get there they get sold again. <laughs> Got, right. Gotcha. Now, are you guys having yeah. any problems finding any of these defenders? Um, I mean, as, as, cause I know we're, they're, we're taking the old ones and electrifying them. Are you having any problems or difficulties even finding some of the old ones out there to, uh, to rebuild? I mean, we're, we're always looking for a specific vehicle. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we can, we can pretty much use any of the defenders, um, 110s and 90s. Uh, the nice thing is, is we've got a rolling 25-year rule. So every year that goes by, we get a fresh stock of defenders or whatever that's that's ready to import to the U.S. So it, it sort of ebbs and like peaks and troughs all the time. But we we we've always managed to deliver up until right now. So we're gotcha. we're looking looking good at the moment. Okay. Well, I guess that's really where having that, I guess, home field supply chain right there helps out because I would imagine that. And you can correct me, but or confirm for me that Europe is going to have more Land Rovers. England's going to have more Land Rovers than we do in North America. Would that oh, yeah. be fair to say? Yeah, there's there's tons over there. I think there was how many million were produced, Scott? Over two the, million, over two the, million, in, in two million until 2016. Yeah, wow. so there's okay. there, there's two million. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot less than that now, but there's a lot of cars out there, pretty much everywhere apart from the USA. So, <laughs> We're just we're just trying to pull them in from everywhere we can, the best ones. Well, and I and I, I know in America the domestic used car market, just for example, is just inflated through the roof. Is that the same for yeah. England? 
It's not so bad. No, it's nothing nothing like the U.S. is. It's crazy over here at the moment. I've, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> right. Well, that's got to be. Yeah, and we we just we just entered that market as well. So we we've we've uh, made a conscious effort to kind of reach back to you know our existing clients and buy back their vehicles because we want to kind of make sure that that's handled correctly as well. Because mm. you know we we see it all the time. You know, there's we, we had a guy the other day uh, contact us and said that. You know, and, and it was a Land Rover dealership actually that had said, um, you know, they'd, they had a vehicle we'd built, and they were charging a premium for it. And he wanted to check we'd built it, and we hadn't built it. We'd never touched that vehicle. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were like, look, you know, I mean, it, it, I'm not going to, you know, it, it's a business model. I mean, I'm going to be open about that, but it's a business model where we ensure everybody's protected. You know, the client gets a really good price for selling it, and we sell it on with a warranty and 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 us handling it in between back to other people so we've entered the that used market um in summer last year and it's because 30 percent of the people that contact us want a vehicle name right you know, mm-hmm. 30 percent 30 percent of our client base doesn't want to wait 14 months for a vehicle <laughs> right. so it, it, it was a natural organic market for us but actually the used car market just dictated we need to get in there and control it because mm-hmm. you know people were just sticking the ecd badge in the back of everything and saying right. we built it yeah right well that's got to be both uh Alarming and exciting because now, now does that open up? I, I think I'm, I, mean, I might. Be, I just want to ask you. Speaking about, you know, we were going to ask you about new additions to the product range. Does this mean that you're going to have just some? I don't want to say base base models, but um, like more of a entry level model of uh, an ECD yeah, vehicle. We, we, the, yeah, the the um, the new production facility allows us to have two very solid production lines that, that move the cars every four days and there's there's, um, there's two different lines for that so <clears throat> Tom Elliott and I are a little bit odd sometimes and we've got some new manufacturing people working with us and we challenge them on that sometimes because we want to never physically stray from the core business which is true custom one-on-one vehicles so we've de- dedicated one production line purely to that and then we debated long and hard about what do we do with the second production line and, and what Tom Elliott and I agreed is there is definitely a market for people that don't want to wait for an ECD vehicle. And, you know, so we, we're going to produce a, I mean, Nelly will be more involved than I will in the, in the, in the, the definition of what's included in that vehicle and its mm-hmm. specifications. Gotcha. But I'd imagine it'll probably be, L, it'll probably be LT1 will Elliot, I'd imagine. Okay. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be a nice solid, I mean, there's no real base spec when it comes to these defenders just because they're, <laughs> they're still so unique. Right. So it's Certainly. It's going to be, it's going to get the full job, so it will be completely taken down like every truck, rebuilt, new axles, new brakes, new suspension. Everything will be done just as we do now, but it will just have slightly more normal options. So, like, it will come in a selection of colors. It won't be bright greens or purples or whatever. It will be, like, your grays, blacks, whites, gotcha. um, and then a, a more standardized interiors. And all it allows us to do is, is to buy a bit more in bulk of <laughs> of those of those things and, and and get better pricing and then be able to offer the cars at a better price gotcha yeah. so, and, and, and some and some some level of simplicity in building it because you can repeat yeah. the processes when when there's less customization in it but but yeah but without exactly. a chance, at the end of the at the end of the day at the end of that line you're still getting a true custom built ecd vehicle which is a daily driver but you, you don't have to wait 14 months for it yeah. um so if you want one that we've kind of designed for you, that's what the second production line is going to do. But 
the other production line will remain true to what we always have done and always will do, which is two custom one-on-one vehicles where you can yeah. afford that little bit of time and fluidness to make it specific to each person. Gotcha. That is exciting. Well, that, that's yeah, the key, is. isn't it? It's that they're they're going to be built and then sold. It won't be built yeah. to order. It's built to built to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so how many electric defenders are moving through production currently then with you guys right now? A fourth one's in the line. The fourth one's in the line. Uh, okay. Yeah, we've got three, two have left the line. Okay. Um, and one of those is in uh, staging now. The next one leaves the line. I think it'll be Tuesday. Okay. Um, I hope it'll be Tuesday. And, and then there's another one straight behind that. But pretty much we've got one every month from that point, haven't we, Elliot? And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2022 is busy. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, yeah. well, that's that's a good sign, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, just shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so, so remind everybody real quick, how, how many people work for East coast defenders? How many people are on your team right now? Yeah. In the U U S we've got 62, 62. Okay. And then in the UK, 62 in the U S and in the U S in the UK, we've now got seven. Okay. So gotcha. we're, um, yeah, we're switching 70. Now we, the aim is by 2025, I think we'll be just close to a hundred if we're running two production lines at full. Because, I got gotcha. you. Um, you know, in those two production lines, we'll be producing, you know, somewhere between eight and ten trucks a month. Wow. That is exciting. Now, do you – how do you recruit? Because outside of your family, how who, how how can somebody else get into work at ECD? Just uh, because it's ex- – because <laughs> you control your product right there by having people you trust. and um, Yeah, it, it, it's, a really, it's a really good question. And we, we just had a press week last week for um, guys coming and see the new – the defender that just comes off the line, the electric one, and, and they all ask the same question because I think once you see our, our skill base, it's incredibly high. Well, the reason for that is that we don't recruit in a traditional method. We, we, we very rarely advertise any positions. But I spend a, um, a few hours on a Monday and a few hours on a Friday, and I literally scan the world looking for resumes that fit our business. Um, if we find anybody, regardless of where they're located, we reach out to them via concierge team, just like our clients are contacted. So one of our concierge team will reach out to them after my initial contact. And then we will arrange flights for them themselves and their family to come and see us. Um, we bring them to the facility, we split them up, and, and the concierge team will take them to see schooling and housing and stuff like that. And we'll put the guy on the line for three or four days. Oh, that, that's um, awesome. And we, and we interview them. Um, so we treat them as if they're clients, and then we interview them as if they're employees. And I see. We, we, leave, we, we leave them with the guys. I mean, right. I can't interview them in terms of hands-on, so we, we put them through a number of different bays, the electrics bay, you know, cosmetics, assemblies, mm-hmm. and we, we kind of look for where the skill set is and wait for the guys, and the guys take the vote whether they're in or not. Um, and, you know, Elliot's got a guy working in his department now in the QC team, and we did exactly that. We found him in Oregon. Okay. Um, a year ago, mm-hmm. and we flew him and his family down here, and you know they relocated. So, getting into ECD is very difficult, actually, and it's it's a very selective thing. And um, you know, but but I think it speaks. I mean, Josh has just turned that department around, hasn't he, Elliot? A guy like that. Oh yeah, yeah, hands down. You well, know, it, we it, walked we walked in January the third to an email at eight o three, eight o three, first day back after Christmas. And the entire management team got an email from Josh with 85 things he disliked about our defenders. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> so we were like, but John, do you honestly, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating because Elliot and I had to get everything regroup and we're like, look, you know, let's punch ourselves in the face a little bit here and take some a reality. And, and Elliot and I knew some of it. And they're, they're, not, they're not huge things. They're just subjective small things that, you know, Josh thought we could be better at. Mm-hmm. Um 
and it was and it was great. I mean, you know, I, I think what Elliot within seven days, the entire management team regrouped. We we changed our Monday focus entirely to putting QC as the top of the agenda. Um, we talked about how we can feed the late, the data back to the line because it's it's no good getting on my desk really or Elliot's. It's got to get back to the technicians doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Elliot and I brokered a relationship between production and the part then and the QC team so that they can work together. We. We also digitalized every single inspection in the business last year. So um, every truck goes through what we call a gate one inspection, then a gate two inspection, then a final shipping inspection because Elliot and I just don't trust anybody, and we should, but we don't. But it's kind of like the gate one team say they're the guys that built it, and they say, well, we built it to 98% efficiency and quality. Yep. And then the gate two team say, no, you didn't. You built it to 95%, and we're yeah. going to work off the difference. Gotcha. And, then, okay. and then, the final team, th- then the final team check the gate two team and say, no, you didn't do it right either. We're going to check it. So all of, all of that has allowed us to kind of just refocus on making sure that on the delivery day, the truck's at the highest standard it can be. Well, and this underscores the fact that you're, you know, you guys are so detailed and quality oriented. You're taking pride in your work. And I think that the, uh, anybody who would buy a Defender from you guys can be assured that they are getting the primo of any build out there on defenders period end of the end of discussion. So I think that is, that's, that's fantastic. And kudos to you guys for that. Well, and I wanted to follow up with that. It's a very challenging thing in any kind of business, let alone manufacturing to not fall into a normalcy bias. And so you have that person on your team that says, okay, we think we're doing a good job, but are we? And always challenging that. That's a, that's an asset that you, it's rare to find that level of, I'm going to challenge us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at 95. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you, you've got it. You've got you've, you've got to have that in that business. It has to be absolutely transparent. You know, we we you know we had, the, we had a load of press last week speaks really highly of a truck and the guys there and and it, and they deserved it. You know, it's a phenomenal truck that we built the electric defender to sit off the line. But you know, within I don't know 30 minutes of the press leaving. You know, Elliot and I had everybody in the car park who gave them all a beer, and we said, "Look, you know, it is a great truck, but that's it. Park it. You know, we we don't celebrate it again. We we'll celebrate it now, but that's it. Come to work on Monday, mm-hmm. and you've got to do it better. You know, we, we it, it's a it's a very difficult culture because it it isn't kind of a rah rah, you know, smiley happy Mondays. It's it's it, it's it's a very challenging business, ECD, which is you've continually got to come to work every day and do it better than you did the day before. Right. Right. Now that takes a special type of person to work for us. Sure, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick moment and ask our listeners to check out our sponsor, GD Hearing. GD Hearing provides options on ensuring not only your classic car but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdhearing.com. And we are speaking with our friends from ECD. And guys, again, uh, fantastic, wonderful uh, conversation with you guys. And and this next question that we have for you is really fascinating to us. So here we go. Um, You all just uh, recruited Porsche and Audi Racing to help improve the drive of your Defender. So we want to hear more about this. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a bit of a – it's probably two-part thing. Um, I have this idea where – I said to Tom and Elliot, you know, if I want the cars as an option, not as a standard. I, I think I specifically said, you know, we, we need an AMG version of the Defender mm-hmm. or, a, or a BMW M Sport version of it. And, um, you know, I think we were drowning in quite a lot of other stuff like the UK operation and electric and um, opening the US facility, expanding it. And um, I think it was kind of like, a, you know, we don't need another thing. And... Um, 
I said to Tom, no, what if we did it a smart way? Because what we're looking to do is add a racing element, a better performance, high performance in the sector. Um, so how could we do that? And I said to myself, well, maybe we should recruit some racing engineering. So I, I don't know why, really. I just went on Facebook and I posted some comments to the racing world and said, you know, we're looking for some help on defenders. And lo and behold, a lot of people started talking to me. Huh. Um, so we talked to a few of them and, and you know, I, I interviewed a few of them as put on the phone and then we flew Cody in and we literally went, look, here's four defenders that we finished, 90s, 110s, whatever. Um, tell us what's wrong with them. So he plugged some data readings in and he came back. And the good news is it was actually just really small, minor additions to find, kind of fine-tuning the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, it was kind of handed over to Elliot as like a, here's a list of things we need to improve. And Cody um, even sourced the parts, didn't he, Elliot? I mean, he was very good at kind of saying, look, here's some vendors that can provide these parts. Um, and with Josh you know, and Elliot's team, we're kind of adding those parts and testing them and getting new dates from readouts on as we just change some things and fine-tune some elements of the vehicle. So Cody's on kind of uh, a contractual agreement with his network. He's on call and visits us um, on a regular basis over a year. And um, just help us fine-tune it, just to kind of give an option to be more um, race-like in some of the performance of the Defender, which isn't easy because it's a box on wheels, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you, but you have yeah. two companies that have experience in all-wheel drive and well at least for yeah, audi they yeah. they race all-wheel drive vehicles and have for uh quite well, a long time yeah. there so i mean what a brilliant partnership but the stuff was tiny really wasn't it elliot i mean some of the things he wanted to change were kind of minor weren't they? it was kind of like just stuff we didn't see as low-hanging fruit which he did yeah i mean it was, it was some simple things like just adding a, an increased diameter roll bar front and back would tying up the steering and the road field. Okay. And it's just them, them little things that we sort of started to overlook because we, we're just focusing on making sure these cars are perfect before they leave. And then we mm-hmm. think we're not really thinking, like, what what extra can we add now to, to really make them better and better and better? Like, we're good at keeping up with the with the drive trains. We're, we're, they're always updating. So we've got mm-hmm. the LP4s, LP1s, and mm-hmm. obviously the Tesla mm-hmm. and right. the, the latest Cummins little crate motor. But we're not. We we weren't focused on some other aspects, and and that's where his sort of background in racing really helps us because he's just looking at things with a fresh set of eyes in our company, and it and it just it just helps you refocus on some things that are quite actually easy to do, but right. they make a huge difference to the car. Gotcha. Now, is this going to be uh, uh, going forward in your all's design? Is what they said on these racing teams are are these going to be on maybe more of the higher performance, like your AMG version, as you were mentioning, or is this going to be pretty much a standard feature on almost every other ECD? That, that no, not everybody wants it to feel like that. A lot of people like the feel of a Land Rover. I got they you. want it to drive like okay, a Land Rover. Right, so right. I think chances are it will become some sort of performance ah, package. Okay. Gotcha. So if, if you take, like at the minute, if you add the LP4, you get a, a custom fuel tank and custom fuel system, and we give you a limited slip, a rear diff, and some upgraded other components. But mm-hmm. I think it will just fall into that. It will, it will fall in with also Brembo braking, and then we'll have the upgraded suspension, which is which is designed for sport versus comfort. Gotcha. Um, and it'll it'll just sort of I think it'll feed in that way a bit more. Gotcha. Okay. 
Well, and it's got to be a compliment to the work that you've already put into it that the uh, recommendations were minor. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's a nice, it, it, it went a, a lot less <laughs> than I expected. Right. I thought there would be a lot more that they would want to change, but it's, I mean, there's, there's, there's like Scott said, there's, there's only so much you can do because it, it is a big box on a, an old school steel ladder frame. So it's, you, you, you could, you're never going to make it into a race car, but mm-hmm. you can do things to improve it. Outstanding. Well, okay. So, uh, another question we have are: Are there any new additions to the product range that we have? Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. And Elliot can speak to you at that because it's his project. All right. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> well, you've got two of them. One's in one's in one's in a load of boxes in your garage, and then you do one generally put on the. We're going to put it in the line this year, aren't we? So. Yeah, so we, I mean, we're, we're currently, we've got our first Series 3 going through the line at the moment, which is quite interesting, because um, that's that's a weird one. It's, it's like a mix of a, a Series 2 and, and an early Defender. So that one's going through, and, and not throwing up too many challenges, but that adds the, we have the Series 2, 3, Defender, Range Rover Classic. And then we're also working on our first electric um, Jaguar E-Type. So... Wow. That's um, that's a challenge, <laughs> but that that's starting to move through a little bit now. We've got some made some headway on that one, so I think it's um, it's going to be a good little car when we finish it. Oh uh, well, we can't wait to obviously see it when it is. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure Me you too. keep these updates on the YouTube channel where and on your website where you keep having these video updates. Will that will that show up on there uh, once it's uh, complete? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm for sure. sure. I mean, sure, if, yeah. if you watch if you watch this week, you'll see uh, you'll see the electric defender we just completed. Um, so that'll be kind of we'll be flooding our channels with that in the next week or so, just before we do our press release on it. And the the Jaguar type will be the same. I mean, we we start capturing these builds in real time as we're doing them. So we have our in-house visual team capture every aspect of every build for the client. Um, and then obviously once we the client's had it, we we use it for our own internal footies to share with our you know, fans and, and people that follow us. So, you know, the, the E-Type will definitely be um, captured as we're doing it, and then it will be, you know, take its own place on the on the website and on the social channel. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, if you haven't already gone out there, which I'm sure you have, go out to their website, check out their builds, because they videotape and document. They do a, like a documentary documentary. If I learn how to pronounce correctly, you know, it's, it's English to English. So I'm just trying to make sure I get the whole whole audience there. Um, yeah. That all these, vi- all these builds are there. Because, yeah. There's, there's, we, we built over 400 now and they're all documented. And the other thing we're doing this year, exactly for that reason, because a lot of the um, feedback we get from clients and fans that follow us is they want the more in-depth side of it. So on the YouTube uh, channel right now, we've started a series called Behind the Build. So we've just listed uh, the entire journey of an LS3 conversion and how we install it and things like that. So we're not one of those companies that kind of, you know, because my view, everybody says to me, well, you know, you're sharing a lot of intellectual property. I'm like, well, you you could give somebody an IKEA catalogue and how to build it, but if you're an idiot, you can't build it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like, you know, a video of how you do what we do doesn't mean you can do what we do. Right, Um, right. And, and also, you know, we, we 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 do want to be transparent. We don't want to become that kind of corporate brand that you know, doesn't want to share what it does. So, you know, the new behind the bill series on YouTube is continually going behind things and mm-hmm. and, and letting the technicians be the 
the guys that talk to you. Sure. You know, it, we, we, we specifically put each technician, each bay into the, the area that they're skilled in mm-hmm. and let them talk about it. So, Which is yeah, great. It's, really, it's really good content. Well, and the video quality is really good. I mean, this isn't like you're yeah. going out with uh, just kind of throwing it together. You, you, there's some conscious effort made in how the lighting and how, at least how it looks to me, on how, oh, how yeah, it presents. Is, yeah. I mean, every Tuesday we meet with the visual content team and they present the content plan for the, the months. And then, you know, they ask for another $6,000 drone and we buy that. And... Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's important because it's a quarter million dollar product, and you've got to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sure. And, and like you said, the videos don't tell you how to make it, but it just shows you how it's made. And yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we, I mean, honestly, I think our attorneys and, and other people get more concerned about we're sharing too much intellectual property. But you know, we have a YouTube camera that's live filming the last twenty days of every build, and you know, I mean, I'm sure if everyone wants to figure out how they could, I mean, it's, it's, it's but. You, you still couldn't do what we do because mm-hmm. you haven't got 62 people that are as passionate and dedicated and built 400 of them. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yep. Now, now, just out of curiosity, the people who actually are building the Defenders, are they signing them or is there like a, a stamp plate with their uh, signature <laughs> on them like you might see in some other manufacturers? Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. At the end of the line, mm-hmm. the, the, the brand rule is that Josh, the head of QC who works earlier, he puts his little plaque on it on the uh, seat box on the driver's side gotcha. on delivery day. So, yep. so that's the brand rule. Mm-hmm. But I know that all the guys write inside certain parts of the truck's messages and put their own signature on dashboards and hidden door cards and frames. And, you know, I've seen them. I, I don't say anything about it when I see them because they're professional and they're like, they're the kind of comments the client would want. So right. they, they, they're respectful, but I know they put their own signatures and little comments in every car where they yeah. Some, if you ever took one apart, I'm sure you could read a book of comments. <laughs> I gotcha. Right, right. That no. is really cool. And the reason I, yeah. I think that's really neat is because I, uh, my friend's dad, he rebuilt Volkswagens. And he said, if you look at certain Volkswagen bugs at a certain year that were made in certain plants, you can, if you take off all these panels, you get to it, you'll see the guy's signatures that were working on it. Now, they're hidden. They're like yeah, three yeah, layers that's underneath that's, there, but... Yeah. If you dig in there, sometimes you'll see that. And it's just a neat little uh, Easter egg, I guess, of the car. Yeah, our guys do it. And I think they don't know that we know that they do it. We just leave it. There you go. Right. I just leave it alone and I just walk by and ignore it. Right. Well, here's a question for you guys, too. Um, actually, two two questions here. Um, so I, I'm a finance manager at a car dealership, okay? So I, I've I've always had the fun challenges of, of getting people approved for vehicles that um, that may want one. And I know that these vehicles uh, come at a very good price. Where, where So do you all have a, a finance company that you uh, recommend for your builds? Because, you know, if – as a finance manager, I'm supposed to, you know, uh, decode the vehicle's VIN number and with the options and give it to the bank and their set values for these cars. With you all, obviously, with the the precision with what you're doing to these vehicles, um, do you have um, uh, a lender that you guys work with uh, that uh, for somebody who's interested in buying one of your products that they can, you know, reach out to and get approved? Yeah, I mean, most of the clients do, don't do traditional finance. Most of the clients just pay pay cash. Gotcha. Cash. So, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a deposit at the start and then the balance at the end. But some do do it in the way that you know traditional finance. And when they get to the end of the build, 
Um, they normally go to JJ Best. JJ Best, our, gotcha. One of yep. our, yeah, JJ Best is the most, one of our, our more normal lenders that yep. we use. And, mm-hmm. and then the process basically is that... Livestream as well. Recently, we've yeah, been able to use Livestream a lot. Oh, Livestream, sure. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty good. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's good, yeah, because yeah, that gives people... You know, some people are like, well, where would I even go get, you know, financing for, you know, these higher ticket uh, uh, cars? And uh, that's just one of the questions I wanted to ask so that if, if they wanted to proceed. So, like, uh, like I'm sorry, like Stream, you said? Lightstream yeah. and yeah. J.J. Yeah. Bass. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, it, so... Jason's asking that because he's 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 gonna head down there and buy it. Okay, (laughs) let's just be transparent on our side. Jason wants one. Uh, We want to drive it. Oh, of course, who wouldn't? (laughs) Yeah, we need to come see you guys, and that that's on our docket. We would love to meet you guys in person one of these days and 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 get a tour of your uh, facility. You should come to the new facility. I mean, we we we, I think we're going to do like a press event in in August. I'll speak to Uproar and um, the guys there and make sure they reach out and come and have a look around. Because well, it's going to be a pretty cool place. Oh, I, I, yeah, we would we would uh, absolutely love to see it. That's for that's for darn sure, um, uh, guys. We wanted to make sure. Is there anything else that you'd like to add in here that we need to let the listeners know about about the uh, either new facility, uh, what's happening in England, and the product range? Um, that's not, that's not... We've covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure we haven't left anything out because you have so much going on right now, and it's kind of hard to fill just to limit it, limit what we have already said. But there's so much going on; it's so exciting. We're thrilled, beyond thrilled, and happy for you. Yeah, this is really exciting sure. stuff. That's for sure. And so, just real quick, gentlemen, remind everybody how they can reach your website. Yeah, the best place to go for is always the website because that's all the latest content is. It's at www.ecdautodesign.com. And um, you can see every five days we upload a new build there and um, new blog content as well. So you can see every truck we've built historically and you can see a new one every five days. Well, very good. Thank you so much, yeah. gentlemen. It's so great to, to talk with you again. Yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, always a pleasure. And we will be in close contact and uh, – uh, uh, be watching you guys here, uh, uh, watching your successes continue to grow. We think that's just awesome. And congratulations, by the way, on everything that you guys got going on right now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, remember to check our website, uh, the www.theclassiccarcorner.com. And if you are looking to get your classic car appraised or need any pre-purchase inspections done on any car of interest, I'd welcome the opportunity to help you. My contact information is jason at gdherring.com. Um, remember to check out autobiotags.com. Every car has a story. Be sure to tell yours. Thank you for listening, and happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.